Thank you for joining us on All Four Downs. I am Joe Aguirre. Uh, we'll be joined in just a little bit by Ovi Munez, Sean Scanlon, and Jace Garcia. Another great week uh, of college football. And it looks like maybe for the first time ever, Ohio State might be the team that gets screwed. Can you just imagine the possibilities not to mention Alabama is playing out of their minds right now. That's This team's just on a whole other level. Uh, we're going to get into the rankings. We'll get into all the cancellations, the upsets, the injuries, transfers, and so much more on this week's episode of All Four Downs, part of the CMG Sports Podcast Network. Look at these guys. Look at this ragtag crew. <laughs> Sean Scanling is uh, joining us by remote. Um, he's he's in a spaceship. Uh, Big yeah. Chase, my man, Hector. Uh, part of that great interview you guys did. Uh, who was that wrestler last night? Leo Rush. Yeah, I knew you guys would do that in harmony. That was well done. <laughs> Just like we rehearsed it. Of course, the great Ovi Munez. Uh, man, a lot of stuff going on. A lot to talk about this week, you guys. Um, a whole lot going on. But but I think the big story right now is that Alabama is a far superior football team, I think, than anybody else uh, at all in, in, in the top 25. I, I don't know that anybody's even close at this point. I have a hard time believing that, Chase. I really do. You, you got to look at the way Mac Jones is playing. You could talk about all the talent around him. Guy ran for a couple of first downs. You don't see him get out of the pocket much. He did when he needed to. You know, and, and and like I said, we talk about the talent. Dude, he puts the ball in the most perfect places. He leads his receivers. That offense, you know, Najee Harris really didn't didn't, didn't get going in, in, until uh maybe the, the middle of the second quarter. The defense swarms. Uh, they make great open field tackles. It's literally like watching an NFL team play against pretty decent college teams. Bo Nick's a good quarterback. He gave it his all, and, I mean, he wasn't even close. Listen, I'm not taking anything away from Mac Jones. I learned my lesson about that. But I, I just need to see them. I, I don't think it's so far – I don't think they are the above head and shoulders number one. I haven't been number one, but Notre Dame is right behind them. And Notre Dame has an elite defense. I haven't seen – I have not seen Alabama against an elite defense this year because Georgia's not elite. But uh, Notre Dame is elite, best defense in the nation. Why so would I'm excited you bring to Georgia when – that's not even the conversation. He just Why wanted to you slap to you in the face quick. You're the same guy that said that Oregon had the best defense in the nation, and now you jump and ship to Notre Dame. You gotta make you gotta make up your mind. Who is the best I defense said one in of. football? They ain't a one of. I said were, one of for Oregon. Notre Dame Oregon is the best. Oregon is the best, but they, they lost. I didn't say even. the best. I said one of the best. You said the best, and I will replay it two weeks ago when you did say Oregon had the best defense in the nation. You didn't Ooh. say one of the best. Chase, that Ooh. sounds like something you would say. <laughs> All right, and I, and I said, okay, whatever. I said it. I'll, I'll take it. They had, they had a tough loss. Okay, but Notre Dame's elite. Their defense is elite, and I want to see 
Alabama actually be tested, that offense actually be tested against a defense like Notre Dame's because they look, haven't been tested like that. Look, Alabama has been proven, even without Saban in the sideline, that they are the best. They proved it already. Uh, yes, the, the I, I can't wait for the competition, either Alabama versus Notre Dame or Clemson. I anticipate that one of those teams will face Alabama, hopefully for the uh, for the championship. But you also got to look at Ohio State. I know you mentioned Ohio State, Joe, that uh, somebody could play sandbag. Now, those of you that play spades know what I'm talking about. They're like, you know, throwaway points. But guess what? There's a particular coach that has not had a victory and might win without playing the game. And who could that coach be? Who? Oh, the great Woo! Jim Harbaugh. Who? Oh, yes. Jim Harbaugh could pull an upset and not have Ohio State play for the Big Ten Conference. And if they don't play the Big Ten Conference, they don't play in the big game. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to feel bad for Ohio State. And I just, I'm you know, for, for I mean, of decades after decade of watching these committees do whatever they can to make sure Ohio State is in. If Ohio State doesn't make it because it didn't play enough games. I'm not right. going to feel bad. I mean, there's there's other college football teams, so I think is, we're going to be all right. And this is the big argument that Hector, since he's been on the show, been saying all along. It's like, how is that because it impacts Notre Ohio Dame State? directly, though, or does he really care about college football as a whole? I don't know, Hector. What do you say on this? Hey, if if this whole pandemic wasn't going down, then I have no 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 strife against Ohio State, but. You know, with the whole thing, you know, we didn't play at first as a conference and now we want to play and we can't get the games in. But yet you're still putting them up there. No, I just I'm not I'm not I'm sorry. Notre Dame fan or not. I don't care if I'm an Aggies fan or a Longhorn fan. It does not matter. Ohio State do not deserve to be there along with anybody else who's in their situation. I'm sorry. And you got a point there. But again, we'll, we'll have to see. I know Ohio State is playing this weekend they are going to be playing michigan state tentatively we don't know what the current situation is there with this COVID 19 but right now as we speak they are going to play but hey other news talking about coaches and stuff uh derrick mason got fired this week uh man he's a uh, oh had a donut win the pretty much uh the only history he made was allowing that female to you know be the kickoff so I guess being famous for just a little bit, being on national television, that's all it took for Derek Mason to uh, exit out of Vanderbilt. Yeah, it, it, it didn't go particularly well as evidenced by the 27-55 and 55 record. He certainly struggled in the conference. And, and Vanderbilt, not exactly a powerhouse. It, nice name to have. Really didn't work out. As you note, seven players opted out. Eight players are transferring. It seems like nobody wants to be playing football at Vanderbilt except for some of the soccer players. Uh, thank goodness. Thank goodness Sarah Fuller was kind enough to come help these idiots out. Um, I mean, they're doing it wrong completely in Vanderbilt. And, you know, hopefully they can find a good young coach. Uh, a, a, an up and comer give somebody a chance to transform this this uh, this long storied program, um, but uh, certainly will be some some pretty big names open. Uh, will Muschamp, for instance, former South Carolina head coach, uh, certainly uh, would expect a name like that to 
uh, be attractive to a lot of these universities. I know the hot seat's getting pretty warm right now. Yes. Uh, you mentioned Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt from Tennessee certainly has to be uh, considered a guy on the hot seat. A guy everybody loves and who just sucks at head coaching is Lovey Smith. Uh, 17 and 37 at Illinois, 10 and 31 of the Big Ten. Again, it seemed like a good hire for Illinois, but where, what has that gotten them? Absolutely. It's gotten them nothing. Um, and, and it hasn't even seemingly helped with recruiting. And then Kevin Sumlin in Arizona, uh, things have not gone for uh, well for him in the desert, six and 15 in the Pac 10. Uh, can't imagine any of these guys are going to be around for much longer if this kind of nonsense continues. Big news, too. Michael Penix Jr., the uh, outstanding young quarterback out of Indiana, just a sophomore, uh, pretty bad injury. Could, what is it, an ACL? Yep. ACL or MCL? Yeah, uh, so uh, Michael Penix Jr. out for the season. Uh, tough injury. Heck of a young ball player. It'll be good to see him hopefully come back strong and healthy in his junior year. Tough break, by the way, though, for Indiana. Look at that. It was just... Ooh. Yeah, Never like to see those sorts of injuries, man. Anything with the legs, uh, you know. And it seems common in, in both in college and in the NFL. A lot of leg injuries. Yeah. Well, again, and I wonder how much of that has to do with with just a lack of camp and 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 and, and lack of reps because it seems like guys are getting hit and and not getting up as much. Of course, there's as usual cancellations to speak of out the Big Ten, Northwestern, and Minnesota. Uh, that game will not be happening. Also, Michigan uh, will, will be a pretty good, uh, pretty good weekend in Ann Arbor as they won't be losing to Maryland since that game has also been canceled. It's always some, always a silver lining uh, if you're Michigan in the COVID era. Florida State. Uh, I know Dabo believes Florida State's just going to dodge everybody uh, the entire rest of the season. Apparently, uh, if we just don't play any of the good teams, we'll win all our games. Uh, so Florida State canceled. Uh, the U not going to be uh, not going to be taking on Duke. Oh no, is that they correct? are taking Duke because Florida State. Oh, they are. Oh, so they're yeah. picking up the. Oh, that is great. So, so uh, because Florida State canceled, Miami and Duke got together and say, "Hey, let's, let's play." It. And they were like, "Okay, no problem. We'll do this." And good, good call by Miami. Yeah, oh, on both on both mm -hmm. sides, on both sides. Yeah, sure. Duke gets to lose to a good team. That is awesome for them. Nick Saban will be back on the sidelines to coach against LSU. Not like they need Nick Saban on the sidelines. Not the way that team is playing right now. But it'll be good to see old Nicky boy back on the sidelines, uh, taking on their rivals. Uh, games on Sunday, which will allow some players to come back from COVID nineteen. Those USC Trojans taking on the Washington State Cougars, which yes. is awfully kind. If it was the Broncos, they would have been like, just play now and just grab whoever <laughs> you can and just get out there and uh, lose. Some uh, news coming from them. Georgia Bulldogs uh, transfer portal. Uh, this, this is unfortunate. Uh, obviously started the season uh, as the starting quarterback. He's now number four behind JT Daniels, Stetson Bennett, and even Carson Beck. Uh, I certainly understand uh, why he would want to get out of Dodge. Uh, where is he heading to? Do we know? No, it's just only on the portal. Uh, pretty much is telling all the colleges he's a free agent. So I love it. And I don't know who's going to pick him. He ain't going to be any top colleges 
after what he's shown in Georgia. I mean, this guy has no accuracy whatsoever. I mean, I think the farthest he's thrown for a pass was 25 yards. So Might be time to move to a wide receiver. Maybe so. That's what I would do. Speaking of, uh, quite a few fellas have now opted out with no reason to continue playing. 24 confirmed college players opted out before the season. We've had 11 more opting out uh, for the NFL during the season, including offensive lineman Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State, Terrence Marshall, the wide receiver out of LSU, Sam Cosme, the offensive lineman from Texas, Rashad Bateman, wide receiver from uh, uh, Minnesota, and Asante Samuel Jr., the Florida State defensive back, he's piecing out uh, as he prepares himself to follow in his father's footsteps into the National Football League. You know it's bad in Minnesota when you have Rashad Bateman, the star wide receiver of that team, opting out, and the season's not even over. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. what a shame because, I mean, right, Jace, Minnesota uh, was supposed to be so good this year, and... yeah, uh, I'm a big draft guy. Um, two of those guys, Samuel Cosme and uh, Rashad Bateman, both definitely going to be first-rounders. So uh, they definitely need to not risk any injuries, go in. They, they, their season's pretty much done. Nothing special is going to happen. So uh, I'm glad to see them go prepare and go get their money. Chase, anybody else that you think might bail between now and, say, bowl season? Um. I think and let me ask you this too. Do you expect at bowl season that there's going to be people playing in? I know the Liberty Bowl just got canceled, but some of the smaller bowls, you think guys are just going to be like, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. I think bowl season is going to be like the best uh, indicator for next season. Cause I think a lot of teams, a lot of seniors, a lot of people who have any draft hopes at all, aren't going to play in the bowls and just say, I'm going to opt out. Cause especially with all that traveling you're going to have to do with the bowls. They, they aren't going to want to risk getting COVID. So I think uh, there are going to be a lot of opt-outs before the, once all the bowls get figured out. And uh, we, we will see because a lot of people will be heading towards the NFL draft. Yes, Joe, it's you. This is CobraCrestMedia.com. Oh, CMG yeah, Sports, baby. baby. I know, right. I know you're stunning just to see that, but uh, yeah. Uh, those of you that are into the sports, check out Clovercrest Media. Uh, awesome shows. You don't want to miss it. Tune into clovercrestmedia.com. Talk about boxing, football, baseball. Uh, you name it, they got it. So by all means, check them out. Clovercrestmedia.com, the home of sports entertainment. And when we're talking about entertainment, we were very entertained with Tuesday night when the college committee got together and casted their vote to see who's on the top 25. But what I'm surprised is there ain't that many changes in the top seven. As we can look at here, that number one, Alabama, number two, Notre Dame, number three, Clemson, number four, Ohio State. The list goes on with Texas A&M, Florida, and Cincinnati. I am totally surprised just because Ohio State hasn't been playing that they wouldn't consider at least, at least, any of the three, A&M, Florida, or Cincinnati, to fill in that slot at number four. What do you think, Sean? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I don't. I, I think it's unfair to the uh, number five through seven teams that you know have been playing their butts off. Um, A&M and Florida, their only losses are to um, obviously Alabama, and then Cincinnati. They've been running through uh, the American, making it look easy, beating the crap out of some teams like SMU and uh, Memphis. 
who thought they would have a shot to win the American. So I think they definitely deserve a shot over Ohio State. Um, if their only quality win right now is Indiana, and they haven't played the schedule, and that's that's on the Big Ten. That's on them. They they knew that what they were walking into when they decided to start the season late. Um, they knew that there was a possibility that some of these games were going to get canceled, and they weren't going to get to the six game threshold that you know allows them to play in the college football playoffs. So. I think especially right now you have to look at a team. I had Cincinnati in front of them. I think their body work um, definitely outweighs what Ohio State has done to this point, and I, I think that one of these teams definitely deserves a shot um, over the Buckeyes. Yeah, I hate this. I hate that uh, that we're that this. I mean, but again, isn't this just the way? Isn't this the way college football is set up? However, we can hook up uh, Ohio State is generally always been the rule of thumb, and I don't hear a whole lot of people complaining about the idea that Ohio State might get left out. And so I think everyone's observed what I've been observing forever and is kind of sick of it, uh, you know, to, to look at Cincinnati uh, just sort of sitting there, a team like BYU, you know. I mean, th- there there's teams playing big-time games and putting up big-time numbers, and and I know the committee just wants the same old, same old because they, that's that's what sells tickets, I guess. I don't know. I mean, you got like teams like Coastal Carolina, and um, they they they're defeating all their opponents. You know, they're beating the Big Twelve team. Big Twelve is supposed to be the the uh, powerhouse conference, right? And if they can't perform and lose to a Southern uh, Sun Belt conference, why not get Southern Belt in there in in the rankings in the, in the top six at least? I mean, look, I mean, Coastal Carolina undefeated. Playing, playing, playing off. Go ahead. Um, They're undefeated, and look who's ahead of them: North Carolina, three losses to Florida State, Virginia, and we'll give you the Notre Dame one. But Florida State and Virginia, those two losses are better than any win that Coastal Carolina had. Yeah, right. That's such bullcrap. Like, no, North Carolina should not even be in there. And then you're going to have also Iowa State should not be in the top 10 if they have two losses. Also, Louisiana beat Iowa State. So how is Louisiana – and Louisiana only has one loss. How are they not over Iowa State? How Louisiana has a bigger claim to be in the top 10 than Iowa State. This That's is a, a joke. And then Iowa. What the hell is Iowa doing there? This is ridiculous. The committee needs to get off their knees with the five power five conferences around them and get up and realize what, what's going on. Cause this is a mess. Uh, Respect the group of five. Are you saying Pete, that they, preach. are you saying that they got to take the towel and wipe their mouths and everything else? Is that what you're saying? Yes. That's a little graphic boys. You're exactly right. I mean, again, look, you know, the, the idea that you've got two lost teams in front of undefeated teams who have, again, not just won their games, but have absolutely kicked the crap out of the teams that they're playing. And it's like, what What more could you ask teams like BYU and Coastal Carolina to do? You, you can't get these teams to play them. And then you complain that they don't play good enough teams. I, I don't understand how that works. If you're not going to force teams to take teams on, if you're going to allow teams to just pick who they want to play, you're, you're basically going to keep the power in the hands of the powerful. Joe, and that's really this, problematic. 
especially this season with all this COVID stuff and you're only allowed to play certain people. In a normal season, you can get out-of-conference games and you can get big out-of-conference games. Right. But this is this is COVID. You, you can only play your co- – most of these teams can only play <clears throat> teams within their conference. A lot of people were throwing shade at BYU because they weren't able to make a deal done with uh, Washington after USC pulled out. But the thing was is Washington was in talks – with the Pac-12 and the with uh, Utah and the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 office wouldn't let them go to take on a BYU because they already had they had teams in the Pac-12. So like you're gonna keep throwing conferences into in in my face. They, it doesn't matter because they can't play the other conferences. You know, and I think with this is just proven that the committee is gonna do what they want to do with whoever they want to do. And I was never a believer in the playoffs, but I think this is proven that we need a playoff system because these teams who have proven themselves or who, are, or who obviously is never going to get the respect are only, go, only going to get their respect if they get a playoff system and they can go in there and prove this. Liberty, who only got one loss, and they're not even in the top 25, but we keep North Carolina in there with three losses. That's just ridiculous. We need a playoff system now so these teams can prove to the world that we can play with the big dogs. If college basketball can do it, I know college football can find a way of doing it. If it's a money issue, why? You know, they shouldn't, that shouldn't even be a reason. But they can do it. If you're going to make a top 25 for the world to see, then put the top 25 in a, in a battle royale, in a tournament, and let this play out so we can see who is the real team. Yeah, well, get rid of the conference championships. Who cares? Who yeah. really? Who cares? It's the stupidest thing in the world. I think the point of the conference championship sometimes is that it's you an extra don't game play, and it's money. That's the point but, of it. But there's there no other reason. Start play, the playoffs then. You don't play the, the other team is what you're saying, especially when you're stacked with 14 teams in a conference. You know what I mean? Like the SEC, they're, they're not. Alabama doesn't play Florida every year. So, oh, I understand that, you know, and that's so, that's not my problem. Mm-hmm. How they want to sort out. I think I love conference. If the winner of 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 the the two different divisions within the SC, then great. So then that's two. That's t- just like the 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 NCAA tournament. There's two tickets to the dance. There you go. They don't need to play each other. I don't care who the best team in the SEC is. That's the that's so so beyond the point of what fo- college football is doing. Who's the best team in the country? Isn't that what we're trying to figure out? So what do you say? I don't Sean? care who the ba- I don't I don't care, especially and you see it all the time where it's a team Alabama already kicked their ass once. Now they're gonna do it again on a neutral field. What is the point of that? Because it's that's neutral. where the playoffs could start, right off the bat. You said it's yeah. neutral. Um yeah, was, no, no, no I was hold on. Say, Sean, I had a question for yeah. you, Sean, in relation to that. If it was right, it's currently for a fourteen playoff, do you think it should be eight or sixteen? If I would, they were to expand, yeah, I would probably go with eight. Um, just because I don't, I don't, I don't think you could have three playoff games, especially for the team that goes to the championship. Um, just for the fact that football is a grueling sport, you need the recovery time and all that stuff. And then on top of that, all the COVID and travel that you have to take care of. So, but I, I do agree with Hector a hundred percent. I think they totally could have found a way, especially in this COVID season where we knew there were going to be some cancellations. Um, we knew that some of these lower conferences teams weren't going to be playing the out-of-conference games. I think they definitely could have found a way to have an eight-team playoff format, um, even if you're going to do it for the COVID year just to mix it up, um, just to give some of these uh, 
some of the smaller conference teams uh, that we mentioned, like Coastal or Marshall or uh, BYU, just to give them a chance and to prove that, you know, they can contend with some of these uh, Power 5 teams that may just be in there because of their name and because of their brand, um, and but not because of what they put the performance they put on the field this year. So I agree. I, I think there's totally a way that they could have figured out a uh, 18 playoff format, and I think it definitely would have benefited um, some of these smaller teams. I think what benefit more is that these colleges need to stop being scared and actually put those teams in their schedule. And like like yeah. you guys mentioned about NCAA basketball. These guys at times play, what, ACC versus Big Ten or so on and so forth. Why don't you not st stack the first two weeks, conference versus conference, you know, and see who is the better conference, you know. And I, and I feel like they're just uh, preserving themselves and, and, and making themselves available towards the end of the season when it counts. So you, you play those bogus teams like Citadel. Who's ever heard of Citadel before? You know, when, you, when you're scoring 72 to nothing, you know, does that really count on, on your schedule? See, I, I, Ovi, I think you got a little, you, you, a little bit of delusion here, cause it, it, delusion. Like, no, listen, listen. Nick Saban, it, he would want Clemson on his schedule. These guys, these teams, they want to play the best. They want to do this. It's the athletic. Uh, it's the athletic. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Director. Director. It's the AD. It's the conference as a whole that that pick and choose and who teams can play it, it, it i wish i i would nick saban he would go and he would play on all of his non-conference games he would play clemson he'd play ohio state i i have no doubt in my mind he would do that but it's the politics around it it's the politics between the sec it's the politics between the athletic department that's stopping it, this from happening. It sounds like to me that like they, they're trying to protect the credibility of these big teams and they don't want no upset. You know what I'm saying? Like we see in college basketball. Okay, I mean, a lot of teams we never heard of before in, the, in college basketball are all of a sudden in the top 25. We need to see that in college football to make this relevant again. Because me right now is getting boring seeing the same old teams on top every single year and playing each other for the same bowl games every single year. And, yes, that includes my Notre Dame. I want to see the Coastal Carolinas, the BYUs, the Cincinnati's in these power in these bowl six games. I want to see that. It makes it more exciting as a fan. It's not like it's like every year, same old stuff. I don't, and it makes me boring. I don't want to see it. I think when you look at college football, much like college basketball, and you've seen it over the last 15 years, where the parody, where you have teams like Gonzaga that are now national powerhouses. And, and again, it was a matter of right, we, let's get those mid majors in there and see what they can. Well, they started beating the good, the good programs all the time now to where yep. those are the good programs. Yep. And until you give these chance, until you give these teams a chance to prove themselves, yep. And and it's something that the NCAA does not want to do, and it's a shame. The, the, again, I talk about the parity. The way the game is set up now, you can win shootouts with a with a good quarterback and a couple good receivers. You can beat anybody. You just got to outscore the other team if your defense stinks. Anybody can compete with anybody. It, it's not the way it was 20, 30 years ago where where the teams were bigger and stronger and, and more physical. Now you, you can have a smaller team, a faster team. There's other ways to win. You look at, I mean, Army gives everybody fits. You watch those triple option teams and you laugh at it. They throw the ball three times a game. They still win a lot of those games. 
I mean, again, when when you look at teams in in, in college basketball like Princeton, and people laugh at them uh, with, with all the uh, uh, the pick and rolls and stuff. Hey, fundamentals they work. Imagine that. So this idea that I mean, again, I think outside of Alabama, Notre Dame, and Clemson, I think if you threw those teams out, they didn't exist. I would have a really hard time picking a top ten and saying who I think the number one team in the country is right now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, hey, talk about, I know, uh, Jay, you said delusional. The committee was delusional, and it should allow the All Four Downs committee actually yes. make make this vote. As right here, we would have had Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Cincinnati as our top four with BYU and Texas A&M looking out. And, yeah, a lot of people will probably disagree, oh, you're crazy. But if Ohio State play enough games, then maybe we'll be talking something different. Mm-hmm. But hey, more to follow on this, as like we say, hey, every Tuesday we're staying, we're we're tuning in to the votes. But this is the college football playoff scenario right here, uh, happening on New Year's Day, and of course the championship will be January 11th. American Conference Championship again, December 19th. This was looking at right now, Cincinnati and Tulsa, the ACC, Notre Dame versus Clemson. The Big 12 right now as we stand, Iowa State versus Oklahoma. Two games are left between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Let's see what happens this week. Big 10 Conference, if they play enough games, is still tentative of Ohio State versus uh, Northwestern Wildcats. Uh, The Pac-12, Washington Huskies versus either USC or University of Colorado. The SEC Conference, Alabama and Florida. Should Florida win this week, they'll clinch. And then these two teams will be playing in Atlanta. And now for a top quarterback performance of Week 13, we have Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, and Kyle Trask doing it up. Uh, all three of them potentially Heisman candidates. The top running back is the only one that we post here. Is no other than Jared Patterson. For two weeks straight, he's been on top. But against Kent State, he rushed 36 times. 409 yards and tied the college football record of eight touchdowns. What a fabulous, fabulous performance he did. And the wide receivers, we got tight end Kyle Pitts, Devontae Smith, and Cornell Powell. They did a very good job against their opponents there. And now for the Heisman Trophy, which is still presented on January 5th on ESPN. These are our candidates. And, and for the most part, you will think that the media will be talking about who's who's in that race. And they've only talked about it once. But here in our show, we talk about it every single week. And right now, we still got Mac Jones in the lead on top of Zach Wilson, Kyle Trask, and Travis Lawrence. Other mentions in this list is Desmond Ritter, uh, Spencer Rattler, and Ian Book actually been performing well. Uh, Hector... Uh, that you follow Notre Dame very well. Are you surprised on the development he has so far? Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he's really improving himself right now, you know, and I think he's really worthy of enough to be mentioned in there. Like you have him down there. That's, you know, it makes perfect sense with what he's doing with Notre Dame and, you know, the, the team that he got around him right now and what they're doing. So, you know, he's still got maybe got a little bit of work to do, but he's definitely, you know, good conversation. So, so Joe. I know this is our votes, and we we speak highly of Mac Jones. But do you do you still consider 
that Mac Jones can't pull it off and win the Heisman? Or do you think that uh, it'll be a politics and that maybe Trev uh, Trevor Lawrence will, will win it? Well... I mean, if you're if you're being honest and, and, and as corrupt as the NCAA is, I mean, I, I have no reason to believe. I mean, they've always wanted Trevor Lawrence to get this award. And for some reason, there's a reason people like Jace didn't believe in Mac Jones. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know where that came from, if that was like an ESPN thing or if the Power Five conferences just decided they already knew they wanted it to be. I don't know. The whole thing is weird. Uh, I mean, again, all Mac Jones does every week is go out and execute and make perfect passes on nearly every play. I, I, I mean, it's stunning. I watched Trevor Lawrence look great. Great to see him back. I don't think he, I just, I think he missed too much time. I think he's too far behind Mac Jones. I think Trask is great, but I don't think he's done it against the big boys. Mm. He just hasn't done it well enough. He's not doing it at the level Mac Jones is doing it. He's just not. Right. And I, and I love I love I love Zach uh, uh, as well. But uh, again, I think this is a, a situation where if I had to hold something against him, I hate to say it, Jace, but I'm going to say he's dominating, you know, inferior opponents. Whereas Mac is feasting on the best of the best. I I have been struggling with Mac Jones the past week, and I Kyle Trask too, even Ian Book. There's just so much around them. Why should I be giving why why should I be giving Mac Jones a nod for the Heisman? He's got Devontae Smith, he's got Najee Harris, two one of the best wide receivers and one of the best running backs in the nation. Kyle Kyle Trask has Kyle Pitts, the best tight end in the nation. Ian Books, I mean, Trevor Lawrence has Travis Etienne. Ian Books got the best defense around him and a hell of a running game, too. So I more and more I think about it, I, I think Zach Wilson throwing to Gunnar Romney, Kyle Milne, like you don't know. These are nobodies, and he's still putting up numbers. It doesn't matter who he's going against. But um, I, I like I, I get what you're saying. Uh, really, the best team in the nation right now is Alabama. And like we spoke about on our bye week awards for, uh, for drawing about the G-Men, this is basically the MVP of the college football season. And they're going to give it to the best quarterback on the best football team. And that's going to be Mac Jones from Alabama. All right, fair enough. Hey, we're talking about, you know, everything that we discussed. I need to actually say, Joe. Yeah. I'm proud of you. I really am. Because you remain in first place in the college pick'em standings. It's a miracle that this is happening. It really is. What is your trick, Joe? Well, my my uh, trick is I think about the game, and I think who's going to score more points and how. I think the thing that, that holds people back when you're trying to pick a game is you got to envision how the game's going to play out. You know what I mean? It, it's as simple as that. That's what I try to do with each and every game. I try to play it out in my head before I yell out what I think the numbers are going to be. I try to look also, I mean, what are teams scoring per game? That's a pretty good indicator of what they're going to score this week and what's their defense given up. That should give you some idea of, of again, what, what you're up against. And then you got to factor in how good that offense is against their defense. 
and that's where you could pretty much come up with the score. So well, it's I'm been glad great. that you mentioned that, though. I really it's been do great nailing it every week. It's uh, I love doing it. Yeah, because Jace, on the other hand, I think he 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 got it and he won this week, and I think that uh, he has a chance of passing you by this week. So I mean, he I wouldn't count nine any check-ins. No, don't start uh, counting them. Key wins <laughs> for him, and he went Alabama over Auburn on the spread, and Georgia over South Carolina. Uh, but he's he's narrowed it down to one game behind Joe. Sean, two games. I don't know what happened to myself. I mean, my analytics, my stats, and my history uh, took a turn this week. But no worries. Obi's coming back. You know, and Hector, he took a nosedive himself. He was at an upper 60%. And now he, he's slightly under there with a 1915 record. So, look, a, a lot of good games are happening this week some key games, uh, but let's get to it. The first game really on Thursday, uh, what we have is Air Force versus Utah State. Uh, Air Force came out of nowhere last week and dominated against their opponent, but hey, you know, they're opening this game here, Air Force, Utah State. Uh, I'm going for Air Force on this one, Joe. Yeah, I can't see why I wear Utah State's not a very good team right now. I like again, I, anytime you run the football, I think you're on your way to victory. So let's go Air Force. All right, Hector. Yeah, Air Force is going to win. The Falcons would take this one. They're they're averaging about 26 points a game and Utah State can't seem to do anything on that side of the ball. So I think Air Force will win this one. Ooh. Nicely done. That's how you do it. Yeah, Jace, Jace. <laughs> that's that's your your mom's alma mater. Yes, sir. Utah State is um they aren't the Utah State with Jordan Love last year. Uh, Air Force, good, solid program. Shout out to my boy, Robbie Consiglio. He's in the Air Force station in Kuwait right now. He buys uh, my college football bets off me. So uh, we're gonna. I'm going to go Air Force, and uh, I'm going to give him that bet, and he's going to make money off of it. Yeah, I'm also going to go with uh, Air Force. They they had a tough game against San Jose State, who's one of the better teams in that conference, and uh, they stuck around for a little bit against Boise State, and I just think they're a much better team than Utah State, so give me Air Force. All four downs are aiming high on this one, so we'll see on that. Louisiana versus Appalachian State. I think this is one of the best games this weekend. It's a Sun Belt Conference. Mm -hmm. I got Appalachian State on this one. Boy, you know, this is the this is one of the, the best seasons Louisiana has ever had. They've been playing really well. Uh, man, they just put 70 up on uh, University of Louisiana Monroe. I'm going to say that they're going to ride that high. And in a close shootout, I think they're going to beat the uh, Appalachian State squad. Hector's still confused there. He, he's debating. Yeah, I mean, this is a good game. I mean, Appalachian <laughs> State, I mean, they gave Coastal Carolina a run for their money. You know what I'm saying? So, mm. yeah. Too bad they're not playing Michigan. This would be an easy pick for <laughs> Appalachian State. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stick with the Raging Cajuns on this one. I, I, I just think they're going to find a way of beating this Appalachian State. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Hey, we talked uh, to start the show about the hot seat. Uh, Billy Napier for the Raging Cajuns. He's going to be a guy a lot of these teams after. He, you You could see him at South Carolina. You can see him at Vanderbilt or maybe at Michigan. He, he's a solid coach. I think he's going to continue to ride the wave. Uh, and I think he's going to get it done against App State. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm going to go with the Raging Cajuns. Uh, they're a really good ball club. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're only lost this year as a Coastal Carolina by three. We we know how much we have how much respect we have for Coastal Carolina on this mm. show. So, um, yeah, I think Louisiana – I think it's going to be a really good game. Uh, two of the better teams in the Sun Belt. But I'll go Louisiana by a late field goal. All right, all right. Here we go. So, next game, number five, Texas A&M, favorite seven points versus Auburn. Uh, you know – this one's very hard, and 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 the thing is, I believe that the Aggies could pull this off, but seven points. I got A and M defeating Auburn by a field goal, and and I'm not comfortable about Kellen Mund the way he's performed as a quarterback the last couple of weeks, and I don't think they the the Aggies are moving the ball up and down the field, and especially Auburn who also are struggling, you know. And I see this game tight. And I got AM winning by three points. So I'm going for Auburn on the points. I'll tell you. I mean, Auburn definitely uh, looked like garbage this past week. <laughs> I don't like Texas AM. I think everybody's clear on that. They do keep on winning, but I feel like this is this is gonna be that week where Texas AM is gonna really clear things up. Uh, at the top of the playoff rankings. And uh, I think Auburn, not only with the seven, they're going to win the game. You know, if they win the game, the referees will be behind them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, you know, look, Auburn was outmatched against Alabama. I mean, outmatched and outclassed. I think think they could match up with A&M, and I think they're a good enough football team. I think they could pull this one off. If it's a close game, whether when or even if Aggies win, I think they should be dropped just for making it a close game, especially after we saw Alabama and Auburn game. Just saying. Do you agree, Hector? Yeah, definitely. But, you know, A&M needs to make a statement, you know, because they struggled against the LSU team. You know, they couldn't put too much up on the board against that team. Even though their defense came came up, showed up, and shut them out, I think A&M is going to really uh, – open this one up against Auburn and, and prove that they deserve to be at least the number four team. So I got A&M on this one. Hey, Ovi, i got a question for you. Statistic-wise, what is the best uh, defense in the SEC? I'm always going to say my Georgia Bulldogs, man. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, you're wrong. It's Texas A&M. Ooh, you're uh, wrong. It's not because uh, okay, Alabama right. beat them. Texas so don't A&M. tell me. Don't tell me that they're – if the defense is best, they should be undefeated. So they're not. Stop it already. Pick your team, <laughs> Aggies, or you get the hell out. Statistically, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> oh, brother. Um, I'll throw my pick. I'm gonna uh, go with Auburn with the points. I think they were playing really good football before they ran into the best team in college. Um, so I think that they'll continue that. I think it's they'll bounce back. And A and M, like we've been saying, um, their offense. I thought would have been more explosive to this point. Kellen Munn has kind of disappointed, and they tend to stick around in these close games to inferior opponents. So I do think A&M will get the win, but I think Auburn will cover. I'm sorry, Jace. I love you, man. Love you too. Texas A&M has a really okay. good defense. Auburn, I'm, I don't trust Bo Nix. Seth Williams, good receiver. Tanks Bigsby, good running back, probably not playing. Texas A&M is going to dominate defensively and Kellen Mund and Isaiah Spiller are going to get going on that Auburn defense, which is not good. Texas A&M is going to win by over a touchdown. I'm taking Texas A&M here. 
but you keep saying, oh, Kellen Mond's going to do something. I've been waiting for Kellen Mond to do something the last couple of games. He ain't produced. As a matter of fact, his accuracy is falling apart. I think he went 11 for 30 something. I don't know, but he only had like 100 something yards of passing. You know, back to back games doing that, that's not going to get you a championship. I didn't just say Kelman. I think Isaiah Spiller is the real key to this offense. Get the run game going with him, set up the play action. And Auburn's defense is not good. I, I think Kelman is going to set up the play action. He's going to get some run fakes off to Isaiah Spiller and set up, get some passes down the field against this Auburn secondary. We'll see. But you know what's going to be even better is this game right here. Liberty versus Coastal Carolina. Now that one, I think, if I'm not mistaken, ESPN is going to host their uh, ESPN game day there. Uh, but Carol Coastal Carolina is favored by 11 points, and I am sold. I am definitely going for Coastal Carolina. I, I've got Coastal Carolina to win this, but they're going to win it by under 10 points because Liberty's a good football team. They were ranked 15th in the country till they lost and got blown out of the top 25 completely because, God forbid, a non-Power 5 team should lose by a point. They don't belong in the top 25, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, I think uh, this is going to be a really great game. I'm very excited for it. Carolina wins it. Liberty keeps it uh, within uh, within the eleven. All right. Uh, <laughs> See, don't sleep is, on Liberty, baby. No, That's a good I, football yeah. team, you know. Yeah, he's singing the he's singing the commercial Liberty, Liberty. Yeah, and I'm thinking I'm gonna I think I'm gonna sing it again. I think they're gonna keep it pretty close oh, with Carolina. Man. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I believe what Joe's saying. Coastal Carolina is gonna win this game, but Liberty's gonna keep it close. So I'm gonna take Liberty with the points. Yeah. This is going to be a close game. Both quarterbacks are playing really well. Malik Wills for Liberty. Uh, obviously, Grayson McCall for Coast Carolina. Coast Carolina's defense is better. That's going to give them the edge, but not an 11-point edge. Uh, I'm going to take Liberty with the points. Coast Carolina's going to win, though. I, yeah, I agree with you guys. I'm going to take Liberty with the points. Uh, they're a really good team, and they really so could be undefeated right now if they they pull off the NC State win. And they they easily would have been ranked. It's just they, like uh, Joe said, the AP likes to drop them out for uh, only losing by one point. So I think they're a disrespected team. I think it will be a really close game, probably around a field goal, but Coastal Carolina will pull it out in the end. All right. Uh, it's a air technical error on this one. Uh, but technically, Ohio State versus Michigan State, uh, their favorite at 24. I'm so I think Ohio State will do it just because it's Michigan State. Uh, I don't know about you, Joe. Has anyone been paying attention to Michigan State? They lose to the teams they should beat, and they hang with the teams they should lose. I mean, something like that. Uh, Michigan State's got a couple of huge wins, uh, another upset over Northwestern. Uh, I have every reason to believe that Michigan State isn't going to beat Ohio State, but I think they'll keep it interesting, and I don't think they're going to get their doors blown off. I'll take Michigan State with the points. I'm going with Ohio State. If they get to play this game, I think they're going to blow the britches out of Michigan State. I, I actually, since this Ohio State controversy came up, I actually went back Rewatched all four of their games. Ohio State isn't anything special. That defense is not that good. Uh, Justin Fields, if you get a little bit of pressure on him, he makes mistakes. Uh, I I expect Michigan State, they won't win, 
But I think they will hang in there with this Ohio State team, especially coming off a weird week, not playing a game. I think they'll be a little slow to start. Ohio State will be. So I like Michigan State with the points here. Uh, I'm going to go Ohio State with the big number. I think uh, Michigan State, I, I think they're going to be all up for their big win after or against Northwestern last week. And I think that, you know, they'll come into this game. It'll be a disappointment. I think Ohio State will roll in this one, uh, cover the 24. All right. Oklahoma State at TCU. Right, hold on. Before we go any further, I, I guess this begs me to ask the question. Does everybody feel like Ohio State is so far superior to Northwestern? that a team that literally just handed it to them, you think that they're going to get their doors blown off. I think that's an interesting scenario. I do. And the game is in Michigan, well, not yeah, in Ohio. I, yeah. So I, teams, teams get up for certain games. I, I think Michigan State got up for that Northwestern game. I think they're going to be pumped for it. And then I think, you know, Ohio State, everyone's down on them right now because they've only played the four games. They don't think they're as legit as they are. I think this is the week where Ohio State will show up and you know, try to prove to everyone else that, they they deserve to be in that that top four. Sean, I'll Wait. tell you what, uh, Shawnee, I think if they I think if they light Michigan State up in light of some of Michigan State's successes this season, I think it would go a long way towards Ohio State uh, having a, a more valid claim on uh, a top spot. Sean, you yeah. said Michigan State got up for Northwestern, but they're not going to get up for Ohio State, who's been dominating this whole conference. For the past decade plus, but I, they I got up for Northwestern. Well, yeah, I think it's hard to do two weeks in a row against two top ten teams to go in and you know contend against these teams. I think I don't think Michigan State's that good. I think they, you know, they they knew it was a big game on the schedule for Northwestern. They got up for that one, and I think that you know they came out with the win. Well, I, you know, I, I'm gonna support I you there like because maybe one for Ohio State. It, they they got shut out to Indiana twenty four to nothing. Okay, and they're not going. To, they're going against Ohio State. I think they're just going to fall. Yeah. They're going to lay on their backs and let Ohio State run them over. And like and like Obi's saying, Michigan State. It's every other week they they either show up with a great game or they show up with a terrible game. And I just think that the trend continues, and they're going to have a bad game this week. Has it occurred to anybody that an inconsistent team is starting to turn the corner and play consistent football? I mean, they literally just beat the number eight yeah. team in the country. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what kind of a let. I mean, again, if you're Michigan State, you're two and three. You're not playing for anything other than these amazing upsets. I mean, you go you go into this game with zero pressure. You could lose fifty six nothing, and and nobody would care. But well if you keep it closer, God forbid, win the game, you've just shaken up the entire foundation of NCAA football. Well, so what you're saying is, all right, Northwestern was number eight, which a lot of people were surprised they were ranked number eight. Did they I deserve to be number eight? They didn't I thought deserve they, to be number eight. I thought eight. that was a really, I thought it was a really good football team, we and then ever, they got they got beat down. You see, then they weren't that really great. Just saying, they were not that great. But I don't think losing one game though means that you're not great. I think you can have an off week. They, they've lost many more games, but all right. I'm not talking about Michigan State. I'm talking oh. about Northwestern, who lost. I, the I, I love how you're talking about this when you add. Georgia Tech at number seven in the country. I had Georgia Tech there because there ain't that many colleges that were playing. <laughs> Chill out, man. We're going to go back to back to week one. Oklahoma State versus TCU. Oklahoma State the same favorite conversation. two and a half. You really want to go there, buddy? Mr. Mac Jones? All right. 
I got. I don't even know Jay. who I picked. I got TCU in this game. <laughs> Oklahoma State, TCU. Ah, gosh, you know, again, Oklahoma go. State. I'll take Oklahoma State. Hey, you know, will. again, these teams find a way to blow these sorts of games, but I feel like uh, this isn't the week for for Oklahoma State, and TCU is not the team to do it to them. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are going to win this game. It's going to be a shootout. I mean, these two teams know how to put points on the board. So I think it's going to be an offensive shootout here. Defense is not going to show up on this game. and But the Cowboys will win this game, at least by a field goal. So I got Oklahoma State. Um, TCU, they knocked off Texas, and then they've just fallen into the abyss of nothingness after. Um, I expect the same from that. I think Oklahoma State's going to win and win pretty big here. Uh, I, I like Oklahoma State to get it done. I agree. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Um, TCU has been playing a little bit better in the second half of the season. Uh, Max Duggan has played well, but I, I think it's going to be a shootout, but I, I agree. I think Oklahoma State will win uh, probably by at least a touchdown. I'm going to change my pick. I, I, I went ahead of myself. I didn't, I didn't take Joe's advice. Let me calm down, look at my notes again. I actually had Oklahoma State. You guys forgive me? Yeah. All right, fair enough. Moving you didn't on mean to the next you're bad. you couldn't have you're possibly bad, meant TCU. It's all good. What, did you say my bad, your fault? <laughs> no, you're bad, your fault. What? You're bad, your fault. All <laughs> you know, good, though. You know who's at fault on this one? It's West Virginia versus Iowa State. Iowa State favorite at six and a half. Mm. Ranked number nine because everybody thinks they're the best over there. I don't know, but it is what it is. What you got? They don't deserve to be number nine, but this game they'll win, and I think they'll win this one by uh, at, at least 14 points. I agree with you, and that's Iowa State, right? What if I said it was West Virginia? No, I'm just kidding. Of course it's <laughs> Iowa State. I could have messed with you so bad right there. Yeah, no, yeah. No. It's, uh... <laughs> no, you can't. No, stop. <laughs> What's up, Hector? What you got? Yeah, the Mountaineers are going to get swallowed by a cyclone. So, yeah, Iowa State wins this Ooh, one, at least by a touchdown. I like, I like that. that. Yep. <laughs> um, I, I like Iowa State a lot. Uh, came off a tough win. I, I This is a good letdown spot. And Iowa State plays teams close. They are definitely the best team in the Big 12. But – I, I think this is like a field goal game. I'm going to go with West Virginia here. Okay. Yeah, I'm also going to go with West Virginia. Uh, like Jay said, Iowa State uh, does play in a lot of close games. And West Virginia uh, is one of the better defenses in the Big 12, especially in the second half of the season. They've been playing a lot better. So I think they'll keep it tight. Um, I think Brees Hall is definitely going to be uh, a problem for West Virginia, but I think they'll hold up and they will keep this game within uh, six and a half. Okay. Indiana versus Wisconsin. Wisconsin's favorite at 14 points. Well, no Michael Penix Jr., uh, no points for Indiana. I'm going to take Wisconsin, who I think is not that great of a football team, and I'm going to say they will cover uh, by virtue of Indiana screwed. I'm going to try to respect Indiana and their program. You know what I mean? If their program's legit, then why not keep this game close? So if Wisconsin wins, I don't think they'll win greater than 14 points. So I'm going to stick with Indiana on this one. What you say, Hector? Yeah, I hate to say that, but I think Indiana is going to keep this one close. So I got the Hoosiers and the points. 
The Hoosiers, like, Michael Penix Jr. looks really good against a not-so-good uh, Ohio State team. Michael Penix Jr. had that one moment at the beginning. But this uh, Indiana team, it's not all about Michael Penix Jr. It's about this defense. And I think this defense is good enough to make it a close game, keep them in the game, and even though they they might win, might not, I'm going with Indiana here. But uh, I, I also like Indiana's backup, uh, Jake Tuttle, even though he decided to transfer from Utah to Indiana. So uh, I'm going to go Indiana with the points here. Have you ever seen a 5-1 and one top 10 rated football team, a 14-point underdog in a football game in your it's life? Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. What, and There's a reason. Wisconsin beat? There's a reason why Las Vegas is telling you that Indiana and Jacob Tuttle are not going to get it done. That's what that's um, telling me. That's a stunning 14 points. I mean, a top 10 team is a 14-point underdog. I mean, we've seen yeah. games that we were – Left scratching our head, how? But I'm saying, yo, know, Vegas, favorite. Vegas isn't just handing points out. That's mm-hmm. that's 14 points to a team that lost their quarterback for the season. That's five and one, and ranked ninth in the country. The game could end at. This is telling seven. me. This is telling me something that Las Vegas knows something you don't, guys. Yeah, it's gonna end 21 to seven. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I think that's a lot of points. Um. Especially. <laughs> Especially for what I think is going to be a low-scoring game, um, I, you know, two good defenses and not great offenses, and we saw what happened to Graham Mertz and that Wisconsin offense when they played Northwestern. Uh, they got completely shut down. So I think that will continue. I, I, like I said, it will be a super low-scoring game, but I'll take uh, Indiana with those that plus fourteen. Listen, everybody, you heard my score, twenty-one to seven. So do not bet on this game at all. But hey, this is the game you can bet. Alabama versus LSU, 29 and a half. I dare you to take Alabama. I'm taking Bama. Um, I think they'll win this game by at least 30 points over LSU. Yeah. Like, zero concern about that. I looked at it, and I thought about it for one second. I was like, oh, yeah, no, Mac Jones got this. 30? No sweat. Oh, you want to dare me to breathe, too? You want to dare me to drink water? Because I will. <laughs> and I'm going to take Bama as well. I dare you to be a smartass. What's up? Say something else. <laughs> no, because I'll get kicked out. No, you're supposed to say say something else. You still messed it up. No. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I got Bama uh, in this one, man. And especially when the teams, you got players already opting out. Uh, to the NFL and stuff like that. <clears throat> I don't think LSU has a team left, to be honest with you. So I, I'll be surprised if it was 50 to nothing in this game. Yeah, uh, roll tide. It was easy. Roll tide it is. And our last pick. Wait, what did Hector say? He said I, Bama. I said Bama. Where have you been? Oh, he said it so quick, I didn't even hear it. <laughs> well, yeah, because LSU is losing everything. All they got is the L left in their name because they're losers. That's hilarious. <laughs> L. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, remember? Yeah, it's L's, L's for you. That's what it stands for. Oh, my L's God. For L's for you. Wow. I love it. Wow. Did you just come up with that? I did. Yeah, that was on the spot. I don't... Hey, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I got Miami over Duke. What you got, Joe? Yeah. 
It's straight up for real. Is that is that a yes, thing? Straight up. Yeah, sure. Miami wins by one. I'm joking. That's all they need to win by. Of course they win this game. <laughs> That'd be funny if they did 15-14 again. That's all I need. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's gonna be a hurricane coming through. Yeah, De'Ara King all the way, baby. Yeah, I don't have my camera, but I'm I'm throwing up the U right now. <laughs> sure it's not the L <laughs> no it's, it's the U alright and there you have it that completes our college pick'em standings again only 10 games this week but these are the 10 good quality games that we're going to see this weekend so hey place your bets who, who, who you have as your favorite winning this weekend let us know on Facebook Twitter you can also follow us on YouTube and, and, of course, you know, you can check out the website, hswshow.com and clovercrestmedia.com. And so, on behalf of everybody, Joe, I appreciate it. You got the last word, my friend. Now, 2020 has been an incredibly difficult year. And just the fact these teams are even playing is a blessing we should all appreciate. We've seen some great games. We've seen some great players over the past couple of months. And the fact that it's happening while most of us are stuck inside uh, has made it all the more memorable. And one of those very special moments uh, happened when Sarah Fuller became the first woman to play in a Power 5 football game on Saturday when she kicked off for the Vanderbilt Commodores against Missouri. It wasn't a great kick, and it doesn't matter. It's further proof that anybody can do anything that they set their mind to. Now, Todd Fitch, Vanderbilt's interim head coach, confirmed that Sarah Fuller will be accompanying the team uh, when it plays against Georgia. He said that none of the kicking specialists who were out last week will be able to join the team. There's no guarantee, according to Fitch, that Fuller will be the starting kicker that's going to be an open competition this week, but it's quite possible, which, of course, brings up the question, what if the ball gets returned? Georgia coach Kirby Smart said he hasn't talked to his team about it, doesn't plan to, doesn't think he needs to. The reason being, he said, no one's assigned to the kicker. And he knows that Sarah uh, Fuller is uh, 6'2 and used to contact. Uh, she is a soccer player and she could certainly handle it. Well, let's hope no one does anything stupid uh, because that would be unfortunate. And I think we could feel good about the idea that no one's going to do anything stupid because Kirby Smart knows how to run a program with class. Hopefully, Dabo and Dan Mullins are taking notes. Thank you so much for joining us this week on All Four Downs, part of the CMG Sports Podcast Network. For more, visit clovercrestmedia.com or hhwshow.com to get all the latest in the world of sports, unique perspectives, wide-ranging opinions, and uh, so much more. Make sure you follow us on social media, like, share, and make sure you leave us a review. For Jace Garcia, Sean Scanlon, and Hector Vasquez, and of course for Ovi Muniz, I am Joe Aguirre. We'll catch you out next week for All Four Downs. Oh,